0: Hey there, how's it going? My name is Ethan Lee. You are listening to another episode of the Myrna White Audible, which is Myrna White Nation's official podcast. It's our only podcast. I'm the site expert over at Myrna White Nation. I'm your host here. Myrna um, and and White Nation is affiliated with Fansighted. They uh, they enable all of this to be possible. Um, on this episode of the Myrna White Audible, we're going to talk about a little bit if we're going to talk about football, um, specifically Nick Fitzgerald, what he would need to do to win the Heisman this year, if it's possible, whether or not that's even a viable thing. Um, we're going to jump into Vic Schaefer's contract extension. It's a really good contract. I'm sure he's pretty happy about it. Um, and then we're going to talk about just expectations for this football season, external expectations that a lot of people not familiar with this football team have. Um, and we're going to break this up into three different episodes, so if you want to listen just each of these little chunks. I'm going to publish those two. Um, publish them as separate little episodes if you were just want to listen to those alone. Um, and this is going to be the combined episode right here. So, specifically, Nick Fitzgerald winning the Heisman. What does he have to do? Eh, he has to do a lot. Um, he's a Dark Horse candidate this year. Not a lot of people are going to seriously, truly consider him as the Heisman favorite right now. Just it's not going to happen. Um, there's a lot of other really high-profile names that people are going to just flock to first. So right now, I want to say his odds aren't that aren't that great. Um, NFL.com's Chase Goodbread, I want to say last month, wrote. You know, 18 possible Heisman Trophy candidates for the 2018 college football season. Nick Fitzgerald was number 17 on that list. But, you know, ultimately still made the list. As I said, he's a dark horse candidate. Um, 6'5", 230 pounds. Has incredible um, athleticism that isn't found often in anyone. Incredibly strong arm. And that that is what attracts a lot of this Heisman attention, a lot of what, you know, first-round NFL draft attention possible. We're, I don't know. that That's it's a very high ceiling for him. And he has a high ceiling. The problem is he hasn't been incredibly accurate with his passing. Um, we'll see what happens with Joe Moorhead as his quarterback coach. But it's, it's just he's not been great up to this point. Um, I want to say, here we go. He's completed 55.4% of his passes in his first three years in Starkville. Um, He's thrown 21 interceptions, but along with those 21 interceptions, he's thrown 4,440 passing yards along with 39 touchdowns. Those are pretty good numbers. Um, The one that is truly the issue here is that completion percentage being so relatively low. Um, Solid numbers, they aren't the best. What Fitzgerald is really known for is for being a dynamic running threat. And on the ground, Nick Fitzgerald has run in his career so far um, for 2,486 yards, 33 touchdowns, 6.5 yards per carry. Those are phenomenal numbers, especially coming from a quarterback. Um, I want to say, you no, know, no, no, without a doubt, he's, he's outrun Eris um, Williams, who has been the best running back on Mississippi State's campus past couple of years. Um, Fitzgerald is an incredible runner pretty good passer, has a lot of potential passing just <laughs> needs to be accurate um, and when you look at what recent Heisman Trophy winners have done Baker Mayfield being the most recent um, and statistically Mayfield the best so far not like the best overall but like of some of the recent, recent ones um, he's one of the best uh, absolutely incredible seasons completed 70.5% of his passes last season Threw for 4,627 yards, 43 touchdowns, six interceptions before, uh, well, before we even talk about the next Heisman winner in one season alone, Baker Mayfield threw for more yards than what Nick Fitzgerald has done in two, two seasons as a starter. That's incredible. Um, Granted, Oklahoma's passing attack, very different than Mississippi State's past couple of seasons, Oklahoma's passing attack, designed for Mayfield to get those sort of yards, but the fact that he was getting those yards, getting those touchdowns, not throwing many interceptions in the process, completing a lot of his passes, that deserves recognition for what he did, and he got recognized, won the Heisman, was drafted, and yeah. Um, and a guy that, you know, before Mayfield, a guy that Fitzgerald compares better to statistically is Lamar Jackson. Jackson notably more productive on the ground than Mayfield was. um, True dual threat quarterback, like as true as it comes. Um, He was still really good through the air. This Heisman season, uh, Lamar Jackson threw for three thousand five hundred forty-three yards, thirty touchdowns, um, all while completing relatively low percentage fifty-six point two of his passes. And to go with that, on the ground, he ran for 1,571 yards, 21 touchdowns. I want to say in total, that's a lot of yards. Let's do the math real quick 3,543 plus 1,571. That's 5,114 yards. Total, total yards that he produced in one season 51 touchdowns. That's bananas. The fact that he was able to do something like that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have Mayfield's running numbers with me right now. Um, but I'm willing to bet that total yards, probably not better than Lamar Jackson's. Um, 2014, Mariota was the guy that won it. Mariota threw for 4,454 yards, 42 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. Um, let me see if I can find his completion percentage real quick. Marcus Mariota stats into the Google machine. Uh, let's look at the career stats, not the. Oh, I don't want these stats. College stats. Bum bum bum. Here we go. Do 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 do. Oh, it says Mariota weighed two hundred and forty. I don't know if I agree with the fact that he weighed two hundred forty-eight pounds. I I don't. I don't know. Anyway, um, here we are. 2014, completed 68.3% of his passes. Bananas. That's, that's incredible. Um, throw for that many yards, that many touchdowns, a few interceptions. How many sh- he ran for 770 yards and 15 touchdowns. And this is all from sportsreference.com. Let me go ahead and throw that out there. They're the wonderful people that have a lot of stats. Just absolutely incredible. Um, Nick Fitzgerald's going to have to have a phenomenal year. And we've seen him have really good years. His first year as a starter was great. 2016, he was fantastic. Um, let's see if I can pull up his stats real quick. Sportsreference.com. Nick Fitzgerald. Do, do, do. Why would you do that? Dang it. Sports... Reference, not regerence. I don't know what a regerence is. I gotta put an F instead of a G there. Here we go. I am not the most prepared. I had a whole bunch of notes, but apparently I don't have this. Here we go. Uh, 2016. Fitzgerald, you know, pretty good. 2,423 yards passing, 21 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 54%. 54.3% 54.3% of his passes completed, but on the ground he ran for 1,375 yards, ran for 16 touchdowns. Really, really good stats. Just he didn't take any sort of step forward last year. Um, granted, he was injured, and the egg bowl missed missed the egg bowl. Um, a lot of people think it was intentional injury. I I'm not gonna say one way or the other because I don't know. Um, but he was injured and it was a pretty gruesome injury. And, um, despite that in his, in the 11, 11 games that he really got to start, in like five snaps in the egg bowl, um, he got 985, 984 yards on the ground, 14 touchdowns. So still right up there rushing wise, but passing wise, 1,782 yards, 15 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He, he was down a bit, um, that's not a step forward. It, you could call that somewhat of a sophomore slump and that that's his second season starting, but he's going to need to truly, truly be spectacular this next season. I don't know. I don't know if we can guarantee that that's going to happen, um, but he's going to need to improve across the board, everything just there. Um, but besides just that, if we're, if we're assuming that he does improve, um, Statistically, he is also going to need to have a Heisman moment. Um, what exactly is a Heisman moment? Um, you know, it, it's it's a spectacular performance. It is a truly unique play. It is a, a dominant game where you push yourself above the best team or one of the best teams in the nation. Uh, the The best, the best moment that comes to mind right now is. Johnny Manziel against Alabama. That was a phenomenal moment. It, a true Heisman moment right there. Um, 2012, at he completed... I've got the stats somewhere. Here it is. Manziel completed 77.4% of his passes against Alabama for 253 yards, two touchdowns, while also running for 92 yards on 18 carries, This is in Tuscaloosa. This is a defined moment in time that he truly was better than anybody else on the field, anybody else in the country. And he showed it. Cam Newton against Alabama. A lot of these moments seem to come against Alabama. (laughs) Um, But Cam Newton against Alabama in the Iron Bowl in 2010. That comeback that they made um, I don't have the stats there, but he had a Heisman moment there. The comeback, they were down, I want to say it was like 21-7 20, or like 24-7, to 7, something like that, at half. And they come back, they win. It. The game ends up being 28-27. It's a truly defined moment to beat Nick Saban's team. Um, and I, I guess you could see where I'm going with this, that like if... Nick Fitzgerald wants to have a Heisman moment, the best opportunity for him would be against Alabama. Um, I don't necessarily know what Baker Mayfield's Heisman moment was. I wasn't paying that close attention. He didn't play Alabama. But neither did Lamar Jackson. Anyway, I want to say his Heisman moment came early in the season against like FSU or Clemson. But um, Nick Fitzgerald's best opportunity to get a Heisman moment would be on the road in Tuscaloosa against Alabama against Nick Saban, um, against the, arguably, if not the clear, like, most dominant dynasty college football has ever seen, and, uh, good luck, that, that's not, that's not an easy task, um, so, but, you know, you need that monumental win, you need this big moment, um, Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield had a couple of monumental wins. They beat then number two, Ohio State and Columbus. One at number 11, Oklahoma State. Beat DCU twice, once when they were, I want to say they were both like top 10 teams at the time. they in both moments, both games. Number eight and number 10. Um, Yeah, Lamar Jackson's monumental win, Heisman moment, came against number two, then number two, Florida State. Um, 2015, Derrick Henry and Alabama beat number twenty Washington, number eight Georgia, number nine AM, number two LSU, number seventeen Mississippi State. And that's that's quite a few notable victories. Um, Mississippi State's gonna host the Florida Gators, probably gonna be ranked throughout the season. May not be ranked all that high, but probably gonna have some sort of ranking throughout the season. They get to host the Auburn Tigers and the Texas A and Maggies. They will also go to LSU and Alabama. Those are like the five biggest games that'll be on the schedule in sort of like notoriety terms. Ole Miss fans might get mad that I don't say that their game is a big game, but like it's not going to be a monumental win more than likely. Um, Fitzgerald's best hope at getting Heisman hype, getting the recognition that he wants, I don't, that someone who wants to win the Heisman once, maybe he doesn't win the doesn't want to win the Heisman, I don't know, um, would be to win four of those five games, five of those five games, as well as just about every other game on your schedule. Um, so what does Nick Fitzgerald need? He'll need incredible stats. He'll need a monumental win and a Heisman moment. Um, it's, it's hard to guarantee that Fitzgerald will do that. Again, his ceiling is really high. I don't think anyone would disagree with, with like, how good Nick Fitzgerald can be. It's just we haven't seen that potential, that talent, that everything fully put together, fully realized yet. Um, Las Vegas has him in a three-way tie for the 19th spot on the list. That's Las Vegas odds. Uh, I don't know. I want to say that's from oddshark.com. Yeah, that's oddshark. that's those aren't incredibly high odds Yeah, you got several other players in front of you all of whom are going to come on big stages similarly you know similarly large stages they're all going to have chances to get this um but the fact of the matter is nick fitzgerald will have his opportunities he will have his chances if he is fully healthy he will have a chance um I think the chance of him being a finalist, pretty difficult, pretty, pretty slim. It'll be pretty difficult to achieve. Not impossible. The chance of him winning, it's, it's going to be that much tougher. Um, I'm not going to say it's impossible because I totally believe, fully possible, fully possible that he can compete, be a finalist and win it. I'm not going to predict that he is going to win it. I'm just going to outright say that I don't think he'll win it. I think he might be a finalist, one of the final five, final three. Um, Just because I I think Joe Moorhead and Nick Fitzgerald are going to do amazing things together, schematically, football-wise. They're going to put together incredible games. I just don't think that Nick Fitzgerald will be a sharp enough passer this season to really put him over the top. So... If you were to pressure me into making a choice, I don't think Nick Fitzgerald wins the Heisman. I don't know that he will be a finalist. I do think he'll have a phenomenal season. I do think he'll get drafted high, within the first two rounds. I'm not gonna, I'm not confident enough yet to say first round. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's drafted in the second round. And in fact, that's probably where he'll go given his potential alone. He'll need to stay healthy. Can't, no more ankles being. Turned to dust not allowed um i don't like seeing feet turned the other way it, it that injury was gross but she as a whole possible i don't think it's very likely that it'll actually happen i don't i'd love to see it happen i'd love to see nick Fitzgerald be the first heisman winner in mississippi state's history um but we'll see how that goes Vic Schaefer, Mississippi State's women's basketball coach, just got a really, really big contract. Um, let's see if I can pull up the details real quick. Do, 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 do. Okay, there we are. He's going to be earning well over $6 million with this deal. It's a four year extension. Um, that is, like, I want to say, Mississippi law that state employees can't be signed to a contract more than four years, something like that. Um, that's what this deal is. Schaefer himself is going to make over $6 million with this deal. That's that's a lot of money. Um, that's a lot of money for a women's basketball coach. It's a lot of money for just about any coach outside of, like, football. Um, and a lot of people are kind of up in arms about this sort of thing. My thoughts on this is that Vic Schaefer has done an incredible job with Mississippi State women's basketball. The women's basketball team had more butts in seats last year than the men's basketball team, Um, and he has coached two teams that competed for national titles. He He has had more success than any other coach in any sport in Mississippi State Athletics history. You pay Vic Schaefer as much money as physically possible to keep him in Starkville. You 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 he is a very, very good coach. He is very good at what is it, at like everything that he does. He is a very good man on top of all of that. And he is someone that is truly loyal to the state of Mississippi. And truly loyal to Mississippi State, you do everything possible to keep him in Starkville. In um, six million dollars, probably gonna help a whole lot with that. Uh, the next thing would probably be like updating Humphrey Coliseum, but as a whole, Vic Schaefer deserves this money. This year, he will be paid. Let me see if I can pull up specifically here by year breakdown. Here we go. This year he's going to be paid one million five hundred eighty-four thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. I would love to be paid that kind of money, but yeah, well. Um, next season, one million five hundred five hundred thousand or no, one million five hundred fifty thousand dollars. In twenty twenty, that goes up to one million six hundred thousand dollars, and in twenty twenty one, one million six hundred fifty thousand dollars. And then in 2021 he will get a 375,000 uh, retention bonus if he's still employed as Mississippi state's head coach. So yeah, that is bonkers. 6.6 um, 6, what, what, what is it? 6.76 million dollars approximately. Six point seven eight? No. Uh-huh. Let's let's do this math. Everybody together now. We're gonna put it into the, the calculators. One million five hundred and eighty four, do do do, plus one million five hundred fifty, plus one million, this is math with Ethan. Six, there we go. That's enough decimals. Plus one, six, Five zero. Okay, so that's not counting that retention bonus um, and any sort of other bonuses that may get worked into the, any contract extensions later on. I, assuming we're going to just go with this contract, this contract alone guarantees that he will be paid six million three hundred eighty-four thousand dollars, uh, assuming it all goes according to plan. You add that $375,000 bonus. Oh, something happened wrong. I mathed wrong. I want to say it's like 6.76 million. I can't math. I want to say that's about right. So, that's a phenomenal amount of money. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And Vic Schaefer deserves that. He deserves that for the success he's had on the field. He deserves that um, for what he's done for Mississippi State. The Bulldogs are coming up. Bulldogs. Bulldogs. <laughs> ah, I can't word. Uh, Bulldogs are coming off of two national title appearances. They're coming off of. What is it? Four consecutive Sweet 16s? Uh, Daniel Black tweeted this out. Let me go find his tweet. Doo, doo, doo. Okay. He's gone to two straight national title games, three straight Sweet 16s, four straight NCAA tournaments. Daniel Black, 97, he's, you know, when we do, like, hashtag final thinkings or whatever it is, closing thinkings with Daniel Black, that's that's him. Um, two straight national title games, three straight Sweet 16s, four straight NCAA tournaments, and he's built a roster that doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon. Yes, they might take a st- step back this year. They're still one of the the 10 best teams in the nation coming into this next season. Mississippi State is a phenomenal basketball program, women's basketball program. Um, Vic Schaefer has done a phenomenal job, incredible job, and he deserves to be paid a ton of money. ton of money. Um, I'm a big fan of this contract. I'm a big fan of Mississippi State guaranteeing that they're, they're going to go toe-to-toe with anyone that tries to take Vic Schaefer away. They're going to do everything they can to keep him. Um, now, some people started saying, well, why, why don't we have a pitching coach? There's been pitching coach drama. Um, this is taking money away from the pitching coach. And in the grand scheme of things, that's really not. He didn't have to pay Andy Cannizzaro to leave. Um, my understanding is he didn't have to pay that. I think he just resigned. There was, there was nothing, nothing else in there. Um, you didn't have to pay Dan Mullen to go. He wanted his own, <laughs> he he left. You're not having to pay his contract. And Joe Moorhead came in and took a really small deal to be able to pay assistance. And even then, he's not paying all that much to his assistance. That would impact anything beyond that. The money is there. Mississippi State has the money to pay this. Granted, it may be funded heavily by boosters. Um, and donations and whatnot, but Mississippi State pulled together the money to pay Vic Schaefer, a national title contending coach, to stay in Starkville. That should be you know something everyone gets behind. I don't care who you are. Um, you can't just dismiss Vic Schaefer and women's basketball because it is a significant sport. It is something that matters, and he's putting butts in seats. He's filling Humphrey Coliseum regularly that is something that deserves recognition. That deserves a lot of money. That's what we gave him here. We gave him. I didn't give him. Mississippi State gave him. I'm a broke grad student. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, Vic Schaefer getting over $6 million really deserves it. So now we're going to go into... what? Oh, yeah, here. Um, the note that I have this, little little note let people doubt MSU this season. So, I want to say it was last week, middle of last week, end of last week. Um Oklahoma fans kind of came at it like nowhere and started saying, Oh, Mississippi State's gonna go five and seven, six and six, not really gonna compete much, not gonna be relevant. Um First of all, I know an Oklahoma fan. Matt Welsh he's not said anything about that. So we're not going to get mad at Matt. But mad at Matt sounds like a great segment. We need to I'm going to make a note about that. Um but just this is something that Mississippi State fans are one used to. Two probably a little bit tired of because we are used to it. But three, we probably shouldn't be arguing with Oklahoma fans. Um Just because, what's the point? What do you have to gain? And this, eh, you know, I got into it a little bit with the Oklahoma fans just pointing out, you don't know anything about Mississippi State if you truly think that the Bulldogs aren't going to have a winning season this year. Um, You know, even with an injured Nick Fitzgerald, assuming he doesn't even play, the rest of the pieces in place on the defense alone could probably win you five games. Defense alone, not even counting Joe Moorhead's innovation. It's not even counting Keaton Thompson. It's not even counting Eris Williams and Kylan Hill. That's not even counting the four of five full time returning starters on the offensive line. Plus, a guy that started a third of the season last year, um, who was replacing Martinez Rankin. That's <laughs> Mississippi State, outside of like wide receiver where there are question marks, offensively loaded, top to bottom. Now again, there are question marks at wide receiver. Um there's some slight uncertainties at tight end, although Joe Moorhead has shown that he loves using tight ends. So I would expect the tight ends to finally get some use, because Dan Mullen forgot how to use a tight end apparently. Um but <laughs> Mississippi State, there's no shortage of firepower on the offense. Looking at the defense, you've got Jeffrey Simmons, and Montez White, who are All-Americans, who are almost certain if they stay healthy, if they produce even close to what they did last season, are going to be first-round draft picks. <laughs> like, the only, the only caveat would be possibly the Jeffrey Simmons scandal. Then it's possible NFL teams may shy away from that. Totally understandable. Um, but talent-wise they're competing at a level that most players at like Alabama and Georgia and like Clemson, those are the players you expect these guys to be, you know, the the talent level that they're matching and competing with. Um, Montez Sweat had, what was it, like 15 tackles for loss last season? Jeffrey Simmons at 10.5? Maybe, no, that's not right. Um, Here, let me look that up. Simmons, tackles... For loss. Do 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 Mississippi. Um, oh no, where is it? I lost it. Oh, here we are. I say here we are. Uh, let's let's go with that, Mississippi State. Well, let's go with twenty. Stop moving. Dang it, the screen moved. Well, the screen didn't move. It like loaded a different chunk. Last year defense. Here we are. Okay, Jeffrey Simmons had 12 tackles for loss. 12 tackles for loss. Um, Montez Sweat had 15.5. He had 10.5 sacks alone. That's bananas. <laughs> I, I don't get how you can like discount Mississippi State when you have this kind of talent on the defensive line, as much firepower on the offense. Um, and then you've got Gary Green, who's moving full-time to the defensive line, had 11 tackles for loss last season in this sort of hybrid role that he played. You had Chauncey Rivers joining the defensive line. Um, and you've got just about everybody else that was on the defensive line returning. You had everybody else at linebacker, just about. You, you lose guys. Um, it was at JT Gray. You lose a couple of guys that, and then linebacker and safety sort of hybrid positions. You do lose some there. Uh, Des Harris, I want to say, is the guy that I was thinking of, not JT Gray. I think JT Gray was like a safety. Linebacker hybrid, if I remember correctly, I'm, yeah. But you've got just about everybody else returning. If Leo Lewis can play up to expectations, if Willie Gay takes a step forward, um, (laughs) the linebackers are going to be loaded too. You got some questions about the depth, but Leo Lewis is incredibly talented. His freshman year played incredibly well. Um, Yeah, you have to replace a couple of corners, but that's not impossible. Um, and you got Mark McLaurin coming back, who had six interceptions last year, led the team in tackles. Mississippi State's going to be fine on defense. It's going to be fine on offense. This is a team that really, not even you, you take an objective step back, you take off maroon goggles, whatever. This is a team that wins eight games, regardless of conference. This this is a team that wins eight games. This is a team that. When you start considering everything that the Bulldogs have coaching staff-wise, yes, there are questions about Joe Moorhead um, being a first-time SEC head football coach, but when you look at what he's done, you got to think that he's going to win a couple more games than what this is a team that, like, just baseline expectations. Mississippi State shouldn't win any fewer than eight games. It should win eight or more easily, and this is a team that, as put together, with all the pieces that it has, could realistically win 10. The Bulldogs are favored in 10 games next season. Um, now, ESPN's FBI is is what I'm referencing there, that it, it favors the Bulldogs in 10 games. It also projects Mississippi State to win something like 8.4. Um, but the Bulldogs' schedule isn't all that daunting. It's something that they're used to. You've got 20, I want to say 20 seniors and then... 30, 30 juniors? Something along that split? 50 upperclassmen. This is an experienced team. This is a team returning 17, 18 starters, depending on who you ask. Mississippi State's not really going to take a step back here. Logically, it would make sense that they would take a step forward. There are some things that have to go right, but Mississippi State is not, should not be a team. That continues to get doubted. At this point, with where the program is, it doesn't make sense. Um, and Mississippi State's not going any way anytime soon. All that said, we'll let these people doubt Mississippi State. Just let it happen. It's gonna happen every year. Um, who was it? Where was it? I lost it. Hmm. Okay. Made a note earlier. Somebody tweeted this out. I wanna say it was. At MWN football, which used to be Marina White Nation football. Um, I want to say that's Josh Barnhill probably running that Twitter account for his, uh, his independent blog there. But um, in 2012, Mississippi State was picked sixth, finished fourth in the SEC when the team went to 17 team divisions. This is where State was picked to finish in the West. Um, in the West in 2013, State was picked to finish sixth finished 7th, actually finished 7th. 2014, 5th, actually finished 2nd, 2nd, two. Um, 2015, took a step back, 7th, pick. picked, finished last in the SEC, finished 6th. 2016, picked, finished 7th, finished 6th. Um, 2017, picked, finished 6th, finished 4th. And I, a lot of people have pointed that sort of stuff out. I want to say Will Larson's done some stuff with that. Um, Will Larson is really a guy that when he was at from the Caval Tolls he's now here at Rere white nation haha we stole him um but when he was at Froom the Caval Tolls he wrote something extensively on that and like did a whole bunch of math it was really cool but I want to say it was well I want <laughs> I want to say it was will Larson easy for me to say I can't can't words um, but Mississippi state is a team that is put together to succeed now for Joe Moorhead. And with Joe Moorhead, with the coaching experience that he has, with Nick Fitzgerald being the guy that is going to operate his offense, assuming he's fully healthy, um, the Bulldogs, they're not going away anytime soon, folks. Just to let people people doubt this team. It's something that has motivated the Bulldogs several times before. Um, Mississippi State will be fine this year. They really will. So, let's see... Do I have anything else? Nope, that that looks like it is it. Mississippi State, final notes here. Um, Bulldogs will be great. Eh. They should win nine games this year. Um, Nick Fitzgerald winning the Heisman, probably not going to happen, but he's going to be the catalyst for this team winning nine games or more. Um, And Vic Schaefer absolutely deserves all the money we can throw at him. Uh, I want to say, well It was Will Lawrence. Shout out you, Will Lawrence, who said, "You know, he's getting paid a lot of money. He probably could be paid more." Um, what Vic Schaefer brings to this university is incredible. He's made them a national brand. He's made them a team that competes for national titles regularly. They may not do it this year, but they will be doing it again in the future. So, I'm excited about. Vic Schaefer's contract. I'm excited about Nick Fitzgerald being a dark horse Heisman candidate, scaring some people and uh, having a big year, and I am excited about people doubting Mississippi State, because it's kind of fun to come back at the end of the season, look at all of <laughs> how wrong they were. Um, it's a lot of fun. So, My name is Ethan Lee. This is the Maroon and White Audible. and uh, Again, I'm going to split these, these up into three different smaller episodes if you just want to listen to each of these segments. If you want to listen to the full thing, you can do that too. Thank you for listening. Go check out Maroon White Nation, where all of this is hosted and made possible by our uh, our good friends at Fansighted. So again, I'm Ethan Lee. This is the Maroon White Audible. Y'all have a great day. Thank you.